Good evening, everyone. Today is May 2nd, 2022, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is The Doctor's Opinion, and our speaker tonight is the wonderful Aaliyah S. Thank you, Aaliyah. Take it away. Thank you, Michelle. My name is Aaliyah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in California. I'm so honored to be here tonight to be speaking on the doctor's opinion. Um, I'm a baby in this program. I have um, coming up on seven months of entire abstinence. My abstinence date is October 5th, uh, 21. And it took me two and a half years to get that date um, of studying this big book of you know, uh, over 30 big book sponsors from A Vision for You, um, reading the doctor's opinion over and over and over and over again. And finally, you know, finally surrendering all on October 5th and being willing to do the work. And, um, and I've been given a gift and I'm so grateful to be here tonight to share it with all of you. Um, I think Amy's gonna share some pictures of what last summer uh, looked like. And then um, she said one second, the birthday girl, happy birthday, Amy. That was last summer. I was trying to um, do the fat serenity thing, just love myself through it. I would post on my dating profile, um, sober, thick mama or something like that. And I was really trying to love myself through it. But every time I picked up uh, an alcoholic food ingredient, I immediately hated myself and I was full of rage towards myself. And then the next photos, um, was from last week, I turned 40. Um, I think I've lost a little over 50 pounds. I only weigh once a month, so I'm not sure. But the last time I weighed, um, I had lost 50 pounds. And that's a picture of me and my kids. And I, we've taken, we take it, we have a tradition. We take a selfie every time we get in the car and we say a prayer when we travel. And I just saw that this, picture actually showed the joy, you know, and all the other pictures I looked at, like there was no joy. So there's that. Thank you, Amy, and happy birthday. Um, you know, I really wanted to focus on what entire abstinence means to me and the five places in the big book um, where it talks about putting down the food entirely and, and just what that looked like for me over the two and a half years when I first read this with my very first big book sponsor. Um, on page XXVIII, it says these allergic types can never safely use alcohol in any form at all. And once having formed the habit and found they cannot break it, once having lost their self-confidence, their reliance upon things human, their problems pile up on them and become astonishingly difficult to solve. And so my first experience with that, um, I put my name on a Vision for You member list years ago, and I had been uh, in Alcoholics Anonymous. I got sober in um, January 2014. Someone took me to my very first overeaters um, anonymous meeting. And I was like, wow, you know, I was a pothead. I smoked pot for 20 years. So I thought I just always had the munchies. I didn't realize that I was actually a compulsive overeater because when I put the pot down, I still continued to eat um, alcoholically. So I went to my first OA meeting, but no one ever really talked about 
being allergic to certain ingredients or really what that looked like. And so I would call into this phone meeting and I'm like, wow, I really love that type of recovery. Like I want that in my program, but I, I was like, they're way too extreme. Like there's no way that I could put, you know, like they're cold, like it's way too extreme. I can never do that. God's bigger than that, right? Like God is bigger than a little bit of sugar. You know, I can still eat this way. God is going to help me. And I tried and I tried and I tried, but I was really attracted to this meeting. And one day after a huge binge um, in 2019, someone called me off the member list and I was like, oh, actually I just got done binging like a whole case of Oreos. I don't know if you want to talk to me. And she was like, well, I'm just, you know, I'm calling people and you know, you're, my name's Aaliyah. Uh, so it was on the top of the list and she talked to me. I don't know that woman's name. Um, I, I only talked to her that first week. She goes, well, how about you just try putting down sugar for today, you know, for tomorrow and announce yourself on the line as a newcomer. And I said, okay, I can do that. And I announced myself on the line. Um, I got someone's name off the line. I called her and she started to explain to me, and um, we started reading the doctor's opinion that her taste buds can't differentiate uh, fake sugar from real sugar. So she asked me to put down fake sugar. And I was like, all right, I can do that. And um, and she kind of asked me to generally get, you know, and I, I, I didn't have a scale. I was eyeballing things. And, you know, I started to work with her and um, I was binging on these Lara date bars, you know, and, this, and these dried mangoes. And we started to talk about it and was like, oh yeah, my body can't differentiate. My taste buds can't differentiate sugar from fake sugar to like this really, you know, processed, like really concentrated dry fruit. So I put that down. So it was like this gradual process in the beginning, it was, you know, just sugar and, you know, and then it's, I started to realize that once I pick up, I can't stop. And, um, what are the things that I run to for ease and comfort? And I was like, run into these dried mangoes and run into these layer bars. And I realized this one time I, um, during, uh, a relapse, I try to do a whole 30 and I did not lose a single pound off the whole 30. And everyone was around me was losing like 20 pounds a month. I did not lose a single pound because I'm binging on dried mangoes and Lara bars. You know, it's whole 30. Uh, I did not lose a pound. And so, you know, like learning what entire abstinence has just been this unfolding, this, this process. And so, you know, the next um, example in the big book on XXX, it says, um, all these and many others have one symptom in common. They cannot start drinking without developing the phenomenon of craving. This phenomenon, as we have suggested, may be the manifestation of an allergy, which differentiates these people and sets them apart as a distinct entity. It has never been by any treatment with which we are familiar permanently eradicated. The only relief we have to suggest is entire abstinence. And so I was not on board. I could not, I could not give up all those things. Plus, you know, you want me to uh, weigh and measure because, you know, volume eating sets off a phenomenon of craving for me. Didn't matter if I was, you know, if it was sugar or not, like I will just eat in volume. So that became a part of like my entire absence eventually. But at first I was like, hell no, I can't do that. So I went to these other programs that were big book oriented, like OA, um, big book solution group, OA, primary purpose group, OA, big book awakening, um, 
I'm not sure what else there was, but I try to go to these other means where they focus hardcore on big book solution, but they really didn't talk about entire absence. It could be like the fifth ingredient, or, you know, it could, you know, you go to God, like God, 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 but they didn't really, really address what entire absence looked like. And I, and I got worse. I got worse. And, you know, like I wasn't able to, um, stay there very long. I knew that there was something here in this doctor's opinion when it talked about entire absence. I just knew in my core, I just didn't know how I was going to give these things up. You know, like I couldn't imagine life without it. And I remember my first sponsor, she said, Aaliyah, I would not eat a cupcake for a million dollars. And I was like, this woman is crazy. Like a million dollars. Like, and she was like, it looks like when I walk through, you know, the grocery store, that stuff looks like cardboard to me. Like I am totally neutral. I don't want it. I don't think about it. And I, and I couldn't imagine it was my everything. It was my source of comfort, you know? So when I had six months sober, my kids were two, four and five and my husband um, got into an accident and I had to tell my kids that their daddy was never coming home. And I had six months sobriety. And I remember four days after he died, I stepped on the scale and I was this, I'm, I was smaller than I am now as the smallest I had been in my adult life. And I felt like I had true joy, you know, like the scale was my God, the, the way that I, the way that I thought that you thought of me because I felt skinnier, like was my God, you know, that sense of ease and comfort that I got from, you know, your opinions and your validation because I was smaller, you know, was my God. And then that lasted about one more day. And I picked, I was able to eat again. I thought I was going to be that widow that got skinny, that couldn't eat. I picked up, um, my friends, I remember we laid on the couch on that fourth night, um, that fifth night, and they spoon fed me and they petted my hair and they laid and I was able to eat on the fifth day and I ate and I ate and I ate. And that's what I did for ease and comfort. I ate and it soothed me. And so every anniversary of his, you know, like every birthday, our anniversary, all my kids is first without their father, like my son's first birthday without their dad, you know, he had this big old cake and um, he didn't really like it. It was my favorite cake. And I just remember that night after the party when everyone at home, it was a half sheet cake and they only ate half of it. And so I ate this, you know, half of a half sheet cake, like quarter cake. And that's what I did all night long to stuff the pain of losing him, that he wasn't there to see my son turn six. And I couldn't imagine you guys, it was like, you guys, you guys are going to take that away from me. You know, you're going to take away my source of um, ease and comfort, but it just, I kept digging this hole, you know, like the more trouble, like the more overwhelming my life got as a single mom, the more um, they started to act out because they didn't have their dad. Like my solution stopped working. You know, food is an inanimate object. Like it, it's not, um, it doesn't have spirit. You know, it doesn't have soul. It can't do anything besides give me a sense of ease and comfort for about eight seconds. And I just felt like my head was buried in the sand and it was years, years of trying to work Alcoholics Anonymous, years of picking up more service commitments, years of trying to sponsor women, but just feeling completely dead inside, you know, completely dead inside. And my world was like two feet in front of me. You know, when can I get 
to the store. Hey kids, do you want to go to Costco? You know, I have my little routine I did. And the only reason why I did it was because I wanted the things that I thought were going to heal me, you know, that were going to make me feel whole. And so moving forward, um, the next paragraph on XXI, it says, he frankly admitted and believed that for him, there was no hope. Following the elimination of alcohol, there was found to be no permanent brain injury. He accepted a plan outlined in the book, in this book. And is this true for me? You know, um, is there really no hope? you know, am I hopeless? The last time I went through the doctor's opinion, I had read it hundreds of times. They asked what stood out to me. And the only thing that stood out to me was hopeless. That word hopeless. I was completely out of ideas. Everything I had done hadn't worked. Every relapse had brought me into a deeper bottom, into a deeper hole. I had always, I called it 10 to 15 pounds of grief. I was able to maintain this 10 to 15 pound, but then it became 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, it finally hit 50. And I was like, oh my God, I'm in trouble. It's just going to keep going, you know? And I tried to like love myself through it. I'm going to size up. I'm going to be this beautiful woman, just like hating myself, not being able to move my body very well, you know, being sluggish, not being able to keep up with my kids. My home life is starting to become, you know, my son got suspended. Like I was literally out of ideas. Meanwhile, I was going to a thousand meetings, you know, I've been coming to, you know, recovery jam, you know, before this meeting started, you know, CYOC, like watching all these people recover and just sitting in the background thinking like, you guys all have this thing, but I am not that brave. Like I cannot rip the bandaid off. There's no way that I can be entirely abstinent because then I'm going to have to feel the pain you know, and I'm going to have to go through the pain of withdrawal. And you know what? I know what pain is like. I can do pain. I felt pain my entire life. I grew up in the disease of alcoholism, but you know what? I think what I was scared of is I don't know what freedom's like. I've never experienced freedom. And that's what I was scared of because I had never experienced. And you guys were all on the other side of this brick wall, you know, and you're like, I'm free. I'm free. You know, come over. And you threw me a life raft. And I was like, but I don't know what freedom looks like. So how can I trust? And so I really had to, you know, step from bridge to shore, you know, and, and, and like take that second step. Like I had to put the food down all the way completely, you know, a hundred percent. And when, what did that look like? That, that looked like uh, in the middle of a year relapse and gaining 50 pounds and trying to do keto and not losing another pound, going to the doctor and them saying, Haley, you have really high cholesterol and your stepdad just died. He actually died um, in three days. It will be a year of a heart attack in his sleep and he had clogged arteries. Like Aaliyah, you have high cholesterol. Like you need to do something about it. You know, fear sobered me for a bit, you know, for about a week, you know, and then I picked up that first one, created a phenomenon of craving and just kept running. My last weekend, my last binge, I think I gained about 10 pounds. Um, but, you know, I got a low cholesterol um, diet from my nutritionist and I couldn't stick to it for a day. And so I came back to OA and I realized that 
this whole time I was allergic to high fat food ingredients and combinations of like high fat with salt, like the, the foods that I went to for ease and comfort, like the chips, if I recreated that with like butter and salt or high fat and salt, like it would create a phenomenon of craving. And I didn't know that. So every time before I'd been trying to get abstinent, it was just like wrestling with the gorilla, you know, and like trying to work the steps, you'd throw me around and I'd hurry up trying to work the steps and throw me around again. Like I'm not done until the gorilla tells me I'm done you know so I had to get out of the cage of the gorilla and like put it down entirely but I I'm so grateful for each relapse and for each time and for each method that I tried because I learned you know I learned along the way and so that's why I really wanted to share tonight like what my experience with entire abstinence looks like because maybe my story can be helpful to someone else maybe they won't have to go through two and a half years of trying to figure it out you know and so moving forward the next part um so did i not circle i thought i had a sponsor tell me there's five places and i'm like i can only find four and i think i missed one tonight but the um the one that I had starred in the beginning is imperative that a brain's, uh, man's brain be cleared before he's approached. Uh, before that, it says we favor hospitalization. And I really want to talk about what that looked like for me, because not only did I have to have entire abstinence, uh, for me, that's a way to measure food plan that does not include any of my alcoholic food ingredients or lookalikes, because my, my body cannot tell the difference between ice cream and a cold blended banana fruit yogurt thing, you know, and sucking it down because I just want to suck it down real quick. So I, my brain can't tell the difference. So lookalikes, you know, included my entire abstinence, but also, um, I'm duly addicted. I attend another program and for two and a half years, I try to go to that program and work the steps and I would continue to binge or I'd be abstinent and I'd be acting out in, the, in my other program. And for me, this hospitalization period I had to create for myself, it was like, if I was in a food rehab, would I be doing X, Y, or Z? No. So I didn't do it. And that meant I wasn't dating. I wasn't on social media. I got off of social media. I got out of the gym. And like, you couldn't tell me to do those things before. Like, I am not going to the gym. Like, you know, I am not going to stop talking to these guys for my ease and comfort. You know, I am not going to do these things, but it got so bad. I finally surrendered and said, okay, I'll do all of it. You know? And so I, I literally asked myself if I was in a food rehab, would I be watching all this Netflix, you know, maybe an episode or two, but do I got a podcast to listen to? You know, do I got some outreach calls to make? Could I be on a meeting? Could I be doing some service? Hey, what are my kids doing? You know, like, can I be a service to them? You know, so I like really created this um, for about two months, I think. It was about six to seven weeks for me to get recovered. And I created this cocoon and like I didn't, I declined, um, and, you know, people would invite me out and I would say, I'm sorry. You know, in the beginning, um, I didn't go out to restaurants. You know, I just, I just made my food. I committed it the night before. I didn't change it because I learned that like in step one, I lost the power of choice when it comes to food. I'm a critical level food addict. Where food is concerned, I don't have the choice, you know, until I got recovered and then I get, you know, aligned with God and then I have access to power. And then the story changed, you know, the story changed after that. But in the oh, beginning, 
two minutes. Thank you so much. Um, you know, in the beginning, I had to create that hospitalization period. I had to get befogged from these things that it says that our ideals must be grounded and a power greater than ourselves if we are to recreate our lives. And what does that mean? Like, what does that look like in hospitalization period for me when I'm trying to be entirely abstinent? You know, for me, it's not just about the way to measure food plan, the absence of alcoholic food ingredients. It means like, um, who am I putting on pedestals? You know, like, who am I seeking for love, approval, and validation? Um, and I really had to get rid of those things and get really quiet to make space for a power to enter and recreate my life. You know, and I think, you know, with that, I, I, I'm, I'm going to end there. Um, I, I had plenty of examples of like, um, what other methods have failed and the things I've tried, but you are here, you've tried them all, you know, and, um, you know, I'm just grateful that I was finally willing enough to just surrender all, you know, and on my knees that day, and I asked God for help, and I was able to lean in, lean into God when the pain came, you know, I developed a relationship with power in step two that I was absolutely able to rely on, um, and, you know, I'm so grateful to that God today, so, um, with that, I pass. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Aaliyah. What a beautiful share. Definitely got a few tears from me. Um, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up. If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. All right, Kristen, take it away. Okay, sorry about that. Roanne, it's your turn. Uh, thank you. Hi, I'm Roanne, and I'm a food addict, compulsive overeater, everything. Um, I just want to say, like, I was just extremely blown away by the share. And for someone like me who's been in and out of relapse for nine years it gives me hope that like you know there's another option and I mean there's always another option but there's hope for someone who is as willful and dishonest and selfish as I am um I guess what I'd love to know is um what do you think got you to finally surrender like what was the final straw in surrendering what you thought was the way to do things like how did you let go of that thank you so much for the question um it was a lot of pain you know and, and every time you know sponsor would tell me that you know the previous two and a half years i'm like i'm in so much pain like how could it get any worse 
but it, uh, the food did the convincing. Um, that weekend on that Saturday, I specifically remember going to Costco and buying snacks for my kids. My son had gotten suspended on Thursday and he was gonna be at home until Tuesday. And the way that I dealt with his suspension, um, by Monday, all the snacks were gone. I had eaten a huge box of Rice Krispie treats from Costco. And I was like, this is how I'm dealing with my son getting suspended, like completely, totally in a rage, you know, in a sugar rage and a food coma. And the food did the convincing. It beat me into a state of reasonableness. I finally said, you know what, I'm willing. I'll do anything. I'll do everything you ask of me. I'll, I'm, but you know what? This is the last time. This is the last time I'm ever going to do this. And I'm going to give it everything I got because I got nowhere else to go. And that's what I did. Thank you. Thanks for that response, Aaliyah. Now we're going to go to Amy B. Amy. Hi, everybody. Amy B., compulsive overreader, living very gratefully in a recovered state today. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you, Michelle, Team Monday. Thank you, everybody doing service, especially the service of um, showing up and being here. Um, we, we all need each other. Um, Aaliyah, thank you so much for that incredibly honest, compelling, and helpful take through the doctor's opinion. Okay. Um, I, today is my fourth OA birthday. I, I mark four years of abstinence um, today, four years since I have triggered the physical allergy. And I don't say that to like, you know, celebrate or flex or draw attention. I say it to any newcomer or to any person who is struggling that I said this morning in my kitchen to my partner, I I can't believe it's been four years since I've had chocolate. I, I, I can't believe it's been four years since I've had any sugar in any form, artificial, regular, because as you pointed out so thoughtfully, uh, my body doesn't know the difference. And I can trigger the physical allergy that way as well. And I think the doctor's opinion taught me that too. I don't know that I'm detoxed until I'm all the way detoxed. I, I, I don't know what all the way detox is until I get there, but I can't work the steps without it. And you did such a beautiful job of pointing that out as well. It says in that doctor's opinion, multiple times that the person rehabilitates their, their substance. They get, they get detox, they get their brain cleared. They, they, and then they have a chance of understanding and accepting what we have to offer. The abstinence treats the physical allergy. And for those of us that are among that 10%, that type who can't stop once we've started and can't stay stopped, we cannot trigger the physical allergy period. And we need something greater than ourselves to keep us from thinking that we can. Um, all the step one chapters coming up go into that, but the doctor's opinion is a series of personal questions that asks me if I recognize my powerlessness um, when it comes to triggering that physical allergy. Um, abstinence is doable and the steps treat the mental twist. And um, I, 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 it works. It works. I am just here to say it works. Don't give up. 
There is a life that is so much better without all of these things that trigger the allergy. That's my time. I'm going to pass. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much, Amy. Um, it is now my turn. Hi, I'm Kristen. I'm a compulsive overeater. And, um, you know, I have been in these rooms since, um, 2015 and have had two extended periods of abstinence, one, which I considered myself recovered. And, um, this, uh, 60 days today for my last, uh, time having sugar and, you know, the, and the last time hurting myself with food and the, I was in my car driving to work. Please God, I don't want this. Please God, make it go away. Sobbing. And, you know, on my knees, please. Uh, one day I was making myself throw up and, and I'm not bulimic. So it, it's not very easy. It's just a lot of, it doesn't work very well. And I'm crying. Why? And none of that was right. None of that worked. What it took was my higher power stepping in and intervening and turning me around. I would get in my car and I would say, I'm going to turn around. If I turn around, that's it. I won't have to do it if I turn around and I would keep driving. And then it took my higher power one day at the airport, turning me around. And then I've been free since then. And what it took was reading this literature and understanding this doctor's opinion, because it's so important to understand that one, you know, cause I say here, it's, it's not going to come from the doctor. It's not going to come from any, it's going to come from surrender. Because those prayers I was making, I didn't mean it. I was willing to do anything to put down the food except put down the food. I just wanted a solution. I wanted a smack in the butt. I didn't want to actually turn around the car. And so until I was able to white knuckle it through three days of cravings and get through that with my higher power and get rid of the physical craving, and then I could turn to the steps and intensive work with my sponsor to start addressing the mental twist, to not be able to put it over. It's, it's all detailed in the doctor's opinion. It's pretty uh, direct. Now I've needed someone to go over it with me over and over and over, and I've gone over it with people over and over and over, but it explains and outlines the miracle that can happen of just somehow one day being done and turning around instead of going to get the chocolate. And that's my miracle. And I loved hearing about your miracle. I loved hearing how at the depth of your pain, you were able to see and turn around. And um, I think that that's the message of hope that we can give to people in this community. So um, thank you so much for your story today, Aaliyah. And um, I pass. Do. There we go. I have work to do. Now I'm going to call on Francesca. Hold on, Francesca. Let me type your name in. There you are. Okay. Hi, everyone. I'm Francesca. Very grateful. Compulsive over ear and bulimic um, recovered for today. Thank you so much, Ilya. I um about um 100 days something ago, um, I was in a binge yet again after two years of 
going to a thousand meetings, waking up at 4 a.m., like showing everyone, like I made 10 outreach calls, blah, 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 you know, how much I wanted it um, in, in the food yet again. And this last time, you know, just seeing that my, um, my rock bottom has a shovel. Like I used to say trap door, but then I realized it was a shovel. It was me like, no, I'm going to keep going down and down and down. And, you know, I like, I went outside to dumpsters, like, like outside of my house, like a trash bag, middle of the trash bag with dirty diapers and rotten ham to pull out a cake from Christmas, a month old that I knew was there. Like it just, it, it was just, and the, so the next day, the day that was going to be my day one, I was going to drive to Lake Tahoe and I was going to like, it was going to be beautiful and majestic. And by 9am I was in my car eating. Um, and then every like 10 minutes I stopped and eat and was sleeping in my car and then waking up and I just, I couldn't get there. And it was like, I was 30 minutes away from my house four hours later with all this food and just, you know, and I just like, I wanted to drive off the road so badly. I was like, can I just, you know, make this stop? And uh, I called the speaker that I had heard from and she said, she was like, I don't know why, but I just have the feeling that there's this woman who I've um, heard share and she was and the first time we talked, she was where you were exactly. And now her recovery is amazing. And she gave me your number and I called you the next day. And that was the first day of my abstinence. Um, so I'm just very grateful. And you, um, the thing that really like did it for me, you know, was you, you said you were like, you were in the ICU fighting for your life like that's just it like it doesn't matter what else your life is and at the time I didn't know you had three kids I didn't receive I didn't know any of that you know um and your sponsors like you were like my sponsor like you had just finished recovering you're like my sponsor's father just passed like you know you're like here's all these numbers here's what I can like you just were so willing despite your circumstance that I didn't even know about fully we're just willing to just be there and you but you just kept saying like you're in the ICU you're fighting for your life you know, you have to believe that you just, you have to. Um, and that was the first time I really was like, yeah, because the day, you know, I'm still hung over from the food and still just thinking about like, just that road that I just couldn't drive off of. Um, and so I'm just so grateful. Um, because like you said, you know, we don't know whose message is going to impact us. You know, we don't know. And the pain, like it was horrible. I wanted to die every day. Like in, I don't know. Like you, there's no words for it. Like your skin is on inside out. You just feel so uncomfortable just getting through any moment. It's like, oh my God, I want to eat. I want to eat. I want to eat. I want to eat. Want to eat. You know, but and what you said, I've never heard someone say this. Oh, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap up. But I'm um, about that. I was afraid of freedom. And you said, you know, they were going to take away my source. And recently I've, I've had this new definition for my higher power understanding that it's source. And so you said, they're going to take away my source. And it's like, yeah, my powerless human source and I'm going to get source. I'm going to get it all. So thank you so much, Aaliyah. Um, thank you. Thank you, Francesca. We will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares. Would the Zoom host please stop the recording?